Yeah, just using it to try to open up what I'm trying to do. Create, I don't know, creatively is kind of a weird word to use with podcasting, I feel, but I don't want to oh, feel... A, I think it's a creative endeavor. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying it isn't, but I guess, like, I don't know, for me, it's not like I'm doing, like, podcasts about, you know, crime drama stuff. Or... <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Conversation, episode two of season two. Here we go. I'm your host, Brandon T. McClure, your guide on this journey through your favorite podcasters' fandoms. Pretty sure that's how I opened every episode of season one. So we're giving it a go again. Real quickly, though, if you are new here, um, Conversation is a fandom conversation show where I interview other podcasters about their journey through fandom spaces. It's really important for me to mention this because it's been quite a while since season one and season two, so I could have picked up new listeners in this time. But I do hope you enjoyed the first episode of the season that I had with Karis Lunn. Um, I really love Karis. She's a wonderful human being. Um, I've gotten some good feedback on that episode, too. So, you know, I'm really happy with how this show has shaped up this season. A couple of things to get into before we get into this week's guest, if you don't mind. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to plug the other eight shows on this network until the end, so stay tuned if you want to know more about those. However, for this show, please make sure to rate us on your podcaster of choice and follow us on Twitter. The link is in the description. You can also follow us at Pod on Instagram, uh, where we upload updates for all of the shows. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please reach out to me through my socials or email at conversationpod at gmail.com. Links are in the description below. I'm always looking for new guests. Um, you know, I'm done with season two, but hey, season three, I would like to make the gap a little bit shorter. But that said, season two is moving along. It's here. We're doing it. I'm really excited to be back. Uh, I've got all the interviews recorded, and I can't wait for you to hear all of them. Uh, there's some great guests coming up, not to take away from today's guest. So let's talk about today's guest. Um, Kyle Andre joins me this week from the Dragon Ball Super Dope podcast. A Dragon Ball Super podcast, Dragon Ball Z podcast, you know, everything Dragon Ball. Kyle is another podcaster I met on the fabled Podmates group that I've mentioned many times in season one and on last week's episode with Karis. I really enjoyed conducting this interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. Like last week, though, I did interview him last year in 2022, so it's been a minute for sure. There are a couple of updates I'd like you to keep in mind for this episode, however. Uh, there's a moment when we talk about an upcoming Dragon Ball Super movie. That's that's superhero. That ended up being Dragon Ball Superhero. Sorry, Dragon Ball Super Superhero. And obviously that is out now. Um, but it wasn't when we talked about it. Similarly, we talk about Obi-Wan, uh, the new Star Wars show, Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi, before it came out. Uh, that's also out. Uh, we were both pretty excited about it. But for how the, both of those turned out... So for both Dragon Ball Super Superhero and Obi-Wan Kenobi, we did end up talking about them on the, Exten on the Extended Family podcast. So you can find my thoughts on both of those through Fickner Podcast and Fickner's Watch. 
I do think Obi-Wan might only be a video podcast at this point. I don't think we've converted it to audio. Um, so check it out, please. I mentioned Army of Darkness at one point in this conversation while talking about Zack Snyder's films, and I meant Army of the Dead. I'm not going to let myself live that down, and I wanted you guys to know that I did make that flub. Um, so Army of the Dead, obviously his zombie film on Netflix, um, not the Sam Raimi classic this is also important for me to mention because I get rather triggered by political talk. Uh, this did not happen here, but our discussion does get political. Uh, so I'm giving everyone a trigger warning for leftist politics if that is important to you. Um, just fair warning, it's ha it happens. All right, that's everything I need to say before we get into this. Um, I had a great time talking to Kyle, and uh, make sure to stick around to find his socials, um, which would which should be linked below. Um Okay, please enjoy my interview with Kyle Andre from the Dragon Ball Super Dope podcast. Okay, I am here with Kyle Andre of the Dragon Ball Super Dope podcast. Thank you, sir, for coming on. Brandon, thanks for having me, man. Happy to be here. Can't wait to uh, chop it up about being a content creator with you. Right? Uh, yeah, so let's get right into it. Why don't you tell us a bit about your podcast? Yeah, so I host a uh, podcast called Dragon Ball Super Dope. In case you cannot tell, that is a podcast about Dragon Ball. We launched in the summer of 2017 uh, when Dragon Ball Super was airing new episodes week to week. Uh, I had kind of gotten bitten by the podcast bug like the year previous to that, and I was making a little bit of uh, more money at a job at that point in time. So I was like, I'll take this cash and buy some microphones and some editing software and me and my buddies were drinking beers and talking about Dragon Ball once a week anyway with the new episodes coming on. So around episode 100 of Dragon Ball Super, I finally said, hey, come on over on a Sunday afternoon. Let's sit down and hit record and see if this goes anywhere and, you know, if I can figure out how to make a podcast happen. Nice. And we did. And we uploaded it. And it was like a very, very popular point for Dragon Ball Super Stretch because they were in a tournament series. Nobody knew what was going to happen week to week. No manga preceding the anime series at that point in time. So people genuinely were just hanging by the edge of their seat and were curious about what was going to happen next and, I guess, sought out a podcast. And we, uh, you know, we're not the only Dragon Ball podcast out there, obviously, but we carved out a little audience for ourselves and we're still doing it almost five years later. Jeez, almost five years later. Has it been? Don't tell me that. It's been that long since Super ended? Oh, So, yeah, Super ended in March 2018. We started in <sighs> August of 2017. Yeah. And when we started the podcast, too, I'm like, man, this tournament at Power Arc is sick. They're giving us all these new universes and characters to explore. This this Dragon Ball series is going to run for like 600 episodes. And then literally like six weeks later, it was like Dragon Ball Super needs to take a break for a while. And you'll see through episode 131 and then we'll see what happens. And I'm like, what the why? And still, I'm in that holding pattern of wondering with why? how popular that show became being simulcast the final it's like they simulcast the final episode throughout the world yeah. i'm surprised that show hasn't come back yet yeah man i know that a lot of it has to do with them wanting to build up some backstory and some uh you know previous manga continuity to be able to base stuff off of like they ran out of stuff to base the series off of pretty quickly when they rehashed the first two movies that came back yeah. and then they got into some into some original material but not Toriyama official material it was Toei material so I think that caused a lot of production issues for them at least up front and by the end of Dragon Ball Super even though they were still running on a fairly tight production schedule 
knowing that they were approaching the finale of the series, they could really allocate the resources to make those final episodes. It was the last 10 episodes of Dragon Ball Super. Beautiful episodes for the most part. Yeah. They finally got their uh, production schedule right. So I think they're just trying to put themselves in a position where they're not going to get back to lesser quality because they're stretching, you know, timetables or whatever. They have some stuff to go off of. And honestly, I'm sure COVID impacted it by at least a year, maybe two years. So sure. Uh, I expect if COVID hadn't happened, I bet you it would have come back. Yeah, maybe. So you did the, so you did Dragon Ball Super up until it ended. What have you been doing since on the Super Dope podcast? <laughs> yeah, I've been asking myself that every single week for like four years. <laughs> I think uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how we transitioned out of the Tournament of Power. Oh, all right. We went to dubs. We went to Dragon Ball Super Dub instead of Super Dope. And because people who were dub stands were still watching it week to week on Toonami on Saturday night. So oh, sure. I kind of just latched on to what was going on those episodes. And it was mostly, I believe that was at around the end of the Future Trunks, the Zamasu arc. And I did that for a while and I just grew very uninterested, honestly. Um, oh, sure. Through Trunks and Zamasu, I was okay doing episodes because I was just pissed at how that arc wrapped up after it started off so strong. And then the end of it's like a uh, escape Zeno erase button. So I don't know. I guess I got my um, I got my anger out about those. And then I was like, all right, now we're just watching Dragon Ball in English. And honestly, I've watched these already. And I've kind of said what I've had to say. And yeah, I'm good. So it from there evolved to like trying to talk to other content creators, talking about like Dragon Ball specific topics, uh, movies, uh kind of been all over the map uh, i've gotten to interview some musicians uh, i got to interview monica real the voice of uh, Frop <laughs> froppy it went right to my hero academia uh the, the voice of bulma oh very uh, cool yeah i sat down with her a couple weeks ago that interview went really well but i also don't stray away from covering other nerd materials that i might be feeling passionate about at that point in time so if like a marvel movie comes out i'll do you know a sit down with a couple of people with it if a um uh, i guess star wars stuff kind of catches me every once in a while but i think it was our third year we also started covering my hero academia as well week to week because um i'm a really bad anime fan i don't watch tons and tons of anime like i got yeah. a handful of series that i really like and i know them very well and that's my stuff and whenever someone's like hey check out this anime about blah 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 i'm like Meh. maybe if it's like on my tv set by chance i'll watch it for a few minutes and see if i like it but it's never going to happen so mm -hmm. i typically don't um watch too much anime but for whatever reason my hero academia really hooked me in probably all the superhero stuff that i'm into you know living in america and growing up like a marvel and dc kid mixed with anime kind of probably hooked me about it but we started that from season three uh we did four and then we spun off for a solo podcast actually for that in season five but i think i'm bringing it back to one feed next year. So yeah, it's a long way to answer all sorts of assorted Dragon Ball crap, any other nerd crap I want. And then also seasons of My Hero Academia when they're airing. I feel you on the, on that, like you're a bad anime fan thing. Like I'm the same way. My friends love anime. And so they constantly tell me about all these animes and I'm like, I've watched a couple episodes of Jujutsu Kaisen recently. I, I really liked it. I, but I fell off pretty quickly. Um, the and like but like dragon ball was like the one that i was like oh, I'm, every dragon ball thing i'm watching every dragon ball i love dragon ball um kill a kill was is the most recent thing where i'm like that that one hooked me cool um 
And you, you know, you got the the new movie coming out, so at least you're not starved for content. Yeah, but did you hear about what happened with the new I'm movie? I'm so upset about that. Yeah, for those who don't know, basically Toei got hacked by a third party uh, hacker. Yeah. But they deleted a bunch of digital assets for a huge number of series, I guess. So Toei basically said, all right, you know, those anime you've been waiting for week to week, indefinite hiatus. We don't know when they'll be back. And the Dragon Ball movie was also affected. Yeah. I'll be honest, though, I don't expect it to be a super long delay. Maybe three months. Hopefully that'll be it. That's true. I'm just kind of starved for Dragon Like I I've never read the Dragon Ball manga before. I was always just the, the dubbed anime. Um, you know, you talked about how you talk, you talked to Bulma. Like my one of my white whale interviews is Sean Schemmel. Like I'm dying to, to interview him. Have you ever met Sean Schemmel? No. He's a uh, unique guy. He's, is he? Uh, yeah, he's a very interesting guy. Um, I actually talked with Monica a few weeks ago and I let her know I had a weird interaction with Schemmel because I was at a convention on a Sunday afternoon. I'd already done like my press stuff for the weekend. So I mm-hmm. was walking around with a couple friends drinking and buying some crap, getting some autographs. And he was like, oh, drinking some beers, huh? Like made fun of me for getting drunk. I don't know. Me and Shemmel had a very weird interaction, but uh, he loves the French horn. So okay. if you interview him, talk about him being a French horn player. And I believe uh, watches, I want to say, is the other thing he's really into. Oh, I love watches. That's something we have in common. Yeah, I want to say the watches. <laughs> I hope I hope I'm not leading you down a dark path with the watches. I know he's definitely down at the French horn, but the yeah. chances of me ever talking to this man are very slim. Nah, they're more within the realm of possibility than you think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I always uh, it's because Dragon Ball Super ended and then Dragon Ball Broly like like lit a fire under me. I love Dragon Ball Super Broly. It's one of my favorite movies of all time now. Um, I've watched it twice a year. Um, wow. I think I've watched it twice and in its entirety. Uh, and the first time I watched it was out of the front pocket shirt of like a Japanese man recording it with his phone in his pocket. Really? That's fun. Yeah, that's the first time I had. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I watched it. No dubs in a Japanese man's pocket. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I that movie blew me away. And so like I really wanted more Dragon Ball content. So I started reading the manga for the first time ever. And so I've been picking up with the manga ever since. So, you, you know, there's some more content for you could do the mangas if you want we I, I actually failed to mention that uh, we have been doing the manga month to month. That's oh, there tricky, you go. That's the tricky thing about doing the manga or like not tricky uh, more. It is um, it's more frustrating. Yeah, it, it only comes out once a month. So sure. The, I think actually my cadence has sort of been at least the last few months, like the week of the 20th is the week the manga drops. So that preceding week, we're doing a full manga breakdown. The week before that, I'm usually doing a quick solo episode about spoilers that came out, draft panel, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and kind of giving like thoughts on where I think the chapter is going to go, what kind of questions it could open up, whatever. And then the other two weeks of the year, it's like, I don't know, man, I guess it's kind of 50 50. We've been trying to mess around with a new format. I think I'm I think I'm just starting to look at it as like, a, what's the best way to put it like a, a test uh, test zone for my podcasts where i'm just like yeah let's try out a new format let's try a new thing so a couple of my co-hosts my friend ray sean and my friend kelly and i sat down to do this reddit advice podcast a couple Mm -hmm. of times uh people really enjoyed our first episodes that we did of that last month we have another one coming out in a couple of weeks but we just go pull reddit people looking for advice some situations are ridiculous and a lot to dig into some are absurd and you can't believe it's real Others are like, you know, minor stuff that it's just funny to laugh at and overanalyze such simple questions. Sure. 
but yeah, just using it to try to open up what I'm trying to do. Create, I don't know. Creatively is kind of a weird word to use with podcasting. I feel, but I don't want to. Uh, feel... I think it's a creative endeavor. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying it isn't, but I guess like I don't know. For me, it's not like I'm doing like podcasts about you know crime drama stuff or <laughs> serial killer murders or things like that where uh-huh. it's like very big heavy audio production based stuff and i also don't want to go the route of like a morning radio sort of thing all the time either where it's like very sanitized drilled down focused uh segment ideas I, it's kind of like somewhere in the middle of those two things where like conversation still is meant to be like the driving factor of a show and you can only get so creative with that. But like, if you can think of different ways to be able to deliver that and in the form of responding to stupid Reddit posts, if that's the shape that it takes, that's cool. I it's, it's fun, you know, makes yeah. me feel like I'm not just sitting there wasting my time talking about a 35 year old uh, comic book from Japan. You know, that's all really you can ask for is, is to have fun. I did have a question though. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting place. So, Bigner podcast, for example, is our mothership show uh, on on this channel um, network. I call it family, um, but yeah, family, family. Because I don't like the word network for some reason. Um, yeah, it sounds super corporate. It makes it sound it? less relatable. Family, yeah. though. Don't you want to be part of a family? Families but are cool. Who doesn't want to be part of the family? Especially, I guess, if your family kind of sucks, maybe. But you oh, know, yeah. whatever. In this case, family's cool. Um, but so the Fickner podcast is a very general show. There's always something to talk about. There's always a movie coming out. There's always news uh, in 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 like these fandom spaces. But for a show that's kind of, and I know you've like diversified the content that you put out, but you know, for a show that's so hyper specific, which, which is Dragon Ball, it must be so must be so frustrating to have such little coming out that you uh you know that like drives your content yes and no yes and no because ideally yes the show would have come back by now and i'll have a new episode to talk about every single week and i very much look forward to the day that that happens again because when we had those episodes week to week and like like you said you watched the whole super uh anime and then you didn't keep up with the manga i'd say that's about 70 percent of the people who watch the anime they're not reading the comic so when the show comes back it's going to have a huge demand. And I think people will eventually find my podcast again and numbers will go back up crazy through the roof. So I'm looking forward to that by all, you know, all means, but there's so much dragon ball out there. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I can't find stuff to cover. The struggle for me personally is like, sometimes I just don't really care about certain things about, you know, arguments that people want to make in dragon ball or like, power scaling debates or like what would happen like what if scenarios i'm like i'm i'm totally all set with that because that does not sound like a good use of what i'm good at or my time and i don't I think it'd be very fun so i think that's really where the struggle comes in with the dragon ball specific content sometimes it's like mm-hmm. i love dragon ball so much that i could just sit there and talk about it for hours and hours even you know nothing even that specific right yeah just make passing references or whatever and you know bs about dragon ball all day but when i have to drill down on a specific topic sometimes i have to really care about that topic otherwise i'm just going to be like yeah who cares it's a show for 10 year old kids in japan who what do you care about power scale and this is stupid you know the author just just has the guy win who he wants to have win right this math that you're doing is a waste of everyone's time why are you doing math in this fandom that i'm supposed to enjoy i hate math man 
Yeah, the power scaling debate always bugged me too. I I I get that there's like, you know, there's like the joke when the, when they did like the Shonen Jump revival before Battle of the Gods, where um, they're like, oh yeah, Frieza really wasn't that powerful when you come when you get right down to it, like you know, because like the they got so powerful up until that point um, that looking back, everyone just seemed trivial. Mm. Um, so like I got like that's funny to me. But once you get into like the well, when you think about it, like he has a power level of this and this and this, like nobody gives a shit about that anymore. That's why they blow up the scouters. Nobody cares about that number anymore. Exactly. That's exactly why they got rid of the scouters. And I think that's the way you kind of do, or I always have measured Dragon Ball. I've been a Dragon Ball fan since I was probably six years old. But it's like, oh, Goku now, because he fought Majin Buu, the Goku now could probably kick the crap out of Frieza back on Namek so much more easily than Goku then. It's not even a fight yeah it's not a fight at all and like you just know that because you've watched the character progression you've watched the growth you've watched the you know the Im- impressiveness of his feats uh, ever grow yeah. and it's like yeah no i don't need to do math to see that like this yeah. is, you're, you're taking the fun out of it power scaling community i mean that, that's why it, it was so great when in resurrection f when when freeze is like yeah i powered up too so we're at the same level and it's like cool that's all i need to know you got stronger cool yeah I'm like, oh, cool. You found a reason to uh, make Frieza relevant to the story again. That's great. What's the reason? He just is. He trained for four months. Cool. That's all I need. <laughs> I'm down with that. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, you've already answered kind of one of my other questions, which was what brought you to your podcast. So do you interact with your fandom, with the Dragon Ball fandom, like at all? Like, is there like a community that you interact with? I, I would say the Dragon Ball community that I do interact with typically is fans of my show oh sure yeah i don't go out and interact with the dragon ball community too too much i would say i go out there and you know get i know where to look for like the news and the reliable updates on stuff going on within the fandom so i guess that's you know a level of interaction but i'm not really interacting directly usually Mm-hmm. Talk with my own pe- own fans of the show. Pe- I mean, a lot of like longtime listeners over the last four years have become friends, you know. So those people I'll chat Dragon Ball with. But am I like out there in the Twitter space, like tweeting my thoughts about Dragon Ball or things like that? Not generally. Uh, yeah. Anime anime Twitter is a pretty terrible place. I'm not sure if you've ever <laughs> been there, but I avoid you avoid. I <laughs> I advise you avoid it. <laughs> I got it. Um, did you interact with any fan spaces prior? to your podcast like at, at all like throughout high school or middle school or whatever like before you got to your podcast did you interact in any space like that um i mean i guess i've always been a little a part of it's tough it's difficult to say because like when i was a kid i definitely interacted with dragon ball fandom on a certain level with, on the internet like early 2000s internet and like chat rooms and web pages and stuff like that uh with social media though to the level that i interact with the dragon ball fandom which again isn't a lot but like i'm very much aware of who's who and what's going on and what the news is and where to find those good resources and stuff like that right i i don't i don't think i've had any other real fan i mean i like marvel i guess i kind of rub elbows with the marvel twitter verse now uh, by proxy it's it's very popular but no i don't i'm gonna like think of something later and be like hey doofus you forgot that you were a huge fan of this and i'm mm-hmm. just trying to make sure i'm not missing anything but i don't i don't think so dragon ball's always been like my number one uh thing for sure yeah. i remember i remember ages ago i think i was in 
elementary school. God, this franchise is so old. Um, but like, I remember always going onto the the official Dragon Ball Z website. Like, you'd yeah, get on there, and the music would be playing, and like, you could click around. I loved that site, and it would update whenever a new saga showed up in Japan. Yeah. Uh, how, roughly, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, I'm 31. Oh, word. I'm going to be 33 in a few months, so we oh, are so in the same vicinity. Yeah, we're still younger than the franchise. Yeah, somehow. Uh, <laughs> however, we are the same age, or I am the same age, I should say, as as Dragon Ball Z. But I do remember that website, and it'd be like... That was the jam. I'd be on my, I'd be trying to do some homework, and I'd be like, oh, I'll just check the Dragon Ball Z website for a second. And my mom would be like, are you on that website again? How did you know the music? Oh, crap. Yeah, I was a sucker for downloading Dragon Ball songs uh, through Napster when I was a kid. Oh, sure. Like, I had all the songs, yeah. and I still know all those songs <laughs> like from listening to them on repeat from when i was a kid back then you know it's such a shame i never heard the original dragon ball theme song except for abridged i'd never heard uh chala yeah chala and, had chala as a, a, a bop man because we never uh, had it we never had it in the dub but we did have i mean i'm usually i'm kind of a dub snob and by that i mean i take dumps on dubs Ooh, mm-hmm. dumps on dubs so oh, there you go there's your new segment Dumps on dubs. I actually that would be a good segment going back to old the original funny dub, yeah, uh, and like grabbing some of the bad dialogue out of there, like stuff that was inaccurately translated. Like the easiest example would be the over nine thousand stuff. Mm-hmm. Although that was Ocean Group, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm getting off track here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally forgot where I was going with that entire rant. So I don't think it matters, does it? No, it's our. Uh, you were going with like our dub didn't have. Because I said our dub didn't have. Oh, our, you know what our dub did have, even though I hate dubs. OK, yeah. Dragon, dragon, rock the dragon. That's true. Tr- dragon Ball Z. That's true. We dragon, did have dragon, that. rock the dragon. Come, uh, come get me. I also really like guitar now. <laughs> I, to be fair, I also really like the GT theme song. Yes, the GT theme song is my favorite opening uh, Dragon Ball song of all time. But really? Japanese Japanese version. Um I hate the I hate that Dragon Ball is one of those series that still continues to localize their opening and closing songs. Like mm-hmm. so many animes on Cartoon Network, on cable television, will just bring over the Japanese opening and closing tunes or like you know, allude to them very briefly before they let the show roll. Dragon Ball is like, no, we gotta get some English singers in here, do a bad translation of these <laughs> lyrics, and then have them sing it just a little bit sharp. So that way it'll piss off Kyle when he tries to watch the dubs. <laughs> we're specifically trying to piss this man off. They know, man. They're aware of me and how I feel. <laughs> or at least that's what I'm telling myself. You know, got to give myself some self-importance or something. I mean, you got to. Who else is going to do it? Right? Ain't nobody else hyping me up. So, okay. So you interact. So you very, very rarely interact in fandom spaces. But you did say that you have fans of your show that you interact with. Wow, interesting. How weird is that? That thinking that you there's a fandom around you fandoms the i don't think i like that word i I, i'd say like i have my fans like people who like and support what i do which is cool and Mm -hmm. whenever i start interacting with a new one who's like hey i found the show this way and i've been listening to it you know at work or while i do this i'm like cool man i'm glad that you're enjoying it and sometimes that's it and that's cool 
Other times, yeah. it's like those people will join the Discord and they're in there talking about the latest Dragon Ball whatever or other BS pretty regularly with uh, other members there. And I get like see pictures of like what they're doing on the weekends with their kids and stuff like that. So varying levels of relationships. I don't like the word fandom, fans, supporters, sure. But but in a, in a way, like I, I know kind of it kind of feels like a dirty word, but like that it's all kind of the same. You know, the, you know, I'm one of the things I try to do with the show is to just kind of like de bastardize, I guess, the the word the word fandom, because it, it's been so taken by such a such a large sect of people who want to make it such a bad thing and so like i'm i what i try to kind of real what i kind of want to want people to realize but for for listening to the show is that you know fandom's not a bad word it's it it all in all it, it is just essentially a group of people who are fans of something and at the end of the day like if i've i've got three people who like my podcast they're in my fandom essentially yeah, I think that's definitely nothing wrong with looking at it that way. I I think speaking to your point around the word fandom kind of having like that negative connotation to it sometimes or, you know, um, I think fandom is tricky in that it can definitely breed a sense of community, uh, yeah. which which is great. And that's ultimately like the best outcome from stuff like that. But I think, too, that sometimes fandom has that negative connotation because all right, I, I've actually been very, very diplomatic with how I've been talking about the Dragon Ball fandom to this point, and I'm going to try to continue to be. No, 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 take it off. Let's do it. Let's go into it. I, I've just, I've, I've really, honestly, man, like, the, I'm trying not to use F words or anything like that. I'm being very self-contained today. If you open up the top on that bottle, man, it's not, you're not closing it. So what I'll say is Dragon Ball fans, not all of them, but... I would say, I don't know, 30, 40%, maybe somewhere around a third of those people, they can be very combative. And by combative, I mean, like, they're just, like, not very polite people in anything they do, regardless of how they interact with the Dragon Ball fandom, okay? Mm -hmm. So you've got that kind of, you know, constant that it's I'm, I'm sure it's like that in all fandoms i shouldn't say this is a dragon ball specific fandom one thing i can say about the dragon ball fandom uh, over the last several years i don't know if it's just because i'm more aware of the space making this podcast or what is like right the and I, it's it's rooted in power uh, power scaling stuff we were talking about earlier it's rooted in that i think but it's grown to a bigger thing within dragon ball it's the debate lord bros who love to come in and just make an argument to be right about stuff in reality those people are like the part of the fandoms that i'd like to be able to excommunicate because Mm -hmm. there's nothing community building about what those people look to set out to do in a twitter thread or a facebook group or whatever just trying to catch some traction on a meme on instagram by making some hot take it's It's not very conducive to building community when those people are just making statements for the sake of being inflammatory and then want to debate people to prove that they're right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, I wish I could better articulate what I'm trying to say. I feel like I'm doing a poor job. No, I think I think you you hit the nail on the head because fandom is. In a, in a, it is meant to be community building, like you said. It is meant to be a, a place where if I really like 
Godzilla. I've got a Godzilla figure in my eye line, so that was a really easy pull. Nice, um, man. I'm actually looking around my room to see if I've got a Godzilla in sight. I think my Godzillas are in the other room. I do love Godzilla as well. Yeah. Uh, so, I got, if, like, if I love Godzilla, my fandom can connect me to another person who also loves Godzilla, and then that's how we build the community and more people can come to us. You know, you see it on... You see it in Twitter spaces all the time. You said you've got a Discord. That's essentially what that is. It's a place for people to come and build that community. So, like when you've got these kind of bad apples, you know, in the DC fandom, it's the Snyder cult, right? It's these oh, people. Oh, yeah. Everything I just said a moment ago could definitely be applied to them, them those people as well. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and 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 like, I, I don't, I only bring that up. I know I'm going to get some emails about this, but like, I only bring that up because they've got a specific name. No one else in any other fandom has a specific name for this. Not only do they have a specific name, but they have like a specific MO. Like they yeah. basically they're like, let's just harass people till we get what we want. And then be like, you know, it's coming and be like, oh, okay, yeah, it's, it's coming. Cool. Could you stop uh, harassing Hollywood executives to make your crappy movies, please? Can you stop also, harassing us? Yeah. Also that, also, could you ask Zack Snyder to like lighten up his movies a little bit? And I don't even mean from like a comedy perspective. I mean, like they're really dark, you know, it's hard to see. Army of Darkness was such a hard movie to watch. Yeah, I laughed a lot through that one. Though. That one was at least pretty fun. That's it true. Was, it was dark. But like, you know, you, you have this thing where it's like you have these people, these like bad apples who who only serve to negatively affect the community because they're, you know, for whatever reason, they're gatekeepers. They have an idea of what they want it, that what they want their space to look like. You know, in the comic book world, it's comic skate. You know, it, it's the people who who say like, this is the only way this can be. And if I don't get it my way, then I'm mad. Well, it's funny you say comic skate. It's funny we're bringing up, you know, these types of, um, you know, particular fandoms or like sex of fandoms that mm. have these negative reputations. Dragon Ball had its own little comic skate moment a few years ago. I don't know how aware you are. Do of tell. This. Okay. It's <laughs> not a huge, it shouldn't be a huge juicy story in my opinion. And um, I don't know. Honestly, I was meant to speak with Monaco Real back in 20, I guess it would have been 2019. But then this whole thing popped off and she was very much in the middle of it. And uh, it just revolved mainly around the voice actor who does Broly in the American dub since he was. That's his name. I didn't want to say it. (laughs) I, uh, you know, he just got a little aggressive with coworkers. And then there was a lot of people who have met him over the years at cons who had dozens and dozens of stories about alleged sexual misconduct but like varying Mm -hmm. degrees like he hugged me a little too tightly during a photo op or like you know he tried to get me to go to his hotel room like two different ends of the spectrum in terms of those stories so uh ultimately it brought out uh, those types of fans who are like super hardcore and loyal to him and think that he's god's gift to anime don't get me wrong he's a very talented voice actor but for me i'm like broly such a nothing character in dragon ball it, now you know that's probably going to change with his inclusion in the story going forward which is cool i'm down with it but to that point i'm like what does broly say he just yells yeah. really loud like you can get somebody else to do really loud yells what's the point of having this guy specifically doing it kind of messing up the overall mojo or like feeling of how the cast interacts with people what's what's the point of dying on this hill for this guy but his fans were very loyal and harassed the shit out of 
so many people like not only the voice actresses uh monica and jamie march are the two primary names associated with the case but uh you know they ended up going to court and there was this whole slap suit like it was a long drawn out process for i don't know man probably over a year yeah uh if you don't know anything about it it's kind of fascinating in like a a funny way like no you know i do remember of certain lawyers i do remember some of it but i didn't realize how like widespread it was didn't recently you'll probably know this better than i do didn't recently like the not the not the gentleman who passed away who plays Frieza, but his like stand-in Frieza voice was also accused recently. Damon Mills. Yeah, I've heard that too. And honestly, I don't know anything about the accusations, but I do know that Damon Mills is uh, a younger looking gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not actually sure how old he is, but if somebody said like, I think the, alleg- I don't know, I could be wrong. Are the allegations like he talked to underage fans? Is that what it is? I think so. I don't remember. I, think, I didn't look too I much think into it, it. Is. I think it is too. I have not looked much into it because I don't ever want to get involved with any of this drama ever again to the level that I was, I, I mean, I say involved, but the involvement really was, I, I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck this. I'd be like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> I think that uh, people should have the ability to step up and like share their story or, or whatever. And, and these people just would harass the crap out of them. So like, that was my involvement was I, I'd have like some thoughts about it that I put out to the fandom in general. And then people would just be like in my DMS, like telling me to kill myself like i don't know that that was my core involvement and i and i had such a small not a small part i don't want to say a part yeah i wasn't a part of anything i was just a guy on twitter so going into that whole period of time i think is really when i kind of disengaged with actively interacting with the fandom Mm -hmm. because i i got to see who a lot of people in the fandom could potentially be he's you know, rude women hating chuds who have 10 to 15 of their own Twitter accounts to retweet their stuff and respond. Like you, I saw some really bizarre behavior in that stretch of time, man. And it just makes me really stick to my own people when it comes to my Dragon Ball conversations, like people I know, people whose opinions on Dragon Ball I value and not just try to go seek some validation on Twitter by having some kind of poignant thought or, or I don't know, or something like that, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, it's kind of like um, you said you listened to the Ken Napsok uh, episode that I had last season. I did. That was a great episode. Uh, it's very similar to his his experience because he he was very much involved in the Star Wars fandom until recently with the sequel trilogy. It really, it really, the reaction, the negative and positive reaction of the sequel trilogy really burnt him out, and he decided to kind of like, you know what, I'm going to stick to my lane. I'm going to just kind of do my own thing. And, and yeah, I think and that, that's a place where most people get to. And I had the opportunity to check out that episode before we sat down today. Awesome episode. But I think he says it's around the time of like The Last Jedi where yeah. he and I say this as a person who does not care for that sequel trilogy. I literally laughed through the end of through most of The Rise of Skywalker. Didn't yeah. really like The Last Jedi, but whatever, man. I'm just happy that we have some quality Star Wars television going on at the moment. Um, well, <laughs> okay. Boba Fett, I understand the unsequential, non-sequential, what are we looking for? Non-linear storytelling? Sure. Yeah, words are tough, but I understand Boba Fett was clunky, but it was still satisfying. You knock it off. Mando season three is coming. Obi-Wan's going to be sick. Come on. I disagree with the satisfying. I'm very excited for Obi-Wan, though. Yeah, Obi-Wan's going to be sick. Anyway, he talked about The Last Jedi kind of being that turning point where he decided to sort of disengage and... I just feel like so many people that I bumped into during the Vic stuff a few years ago on Twitter were coincidentally people who vehemently and very vocally hated 
the last jedi so oh, sure i'm sure there's some crossover and like not only who those people are but like generally speaking their mindset there is a there is a what's it called with the circles and the overlapping circles a venn diagram a venn diagram 100 okay. percent. there is a venn diagram that can be made of snyder cultists comic skate uh the people who hate the last jedi the vic Vignana supporters like if you go to all these different fandoms and you find the most extreme people in the fandom you make your you make your diagram there's going to be a lot of not it's not a giant circle but there's going to be a lot of overlap between yeah. between them because they're all kind of got similar mindsets very frustrating that people like that can take away like we said like fandom is meant to build community and keep that portion of a community i mean they're still part of the community man they're still part of the conversation and these spheres that we're talking about whether we like it or not and you know sometimes you just choose not to interact with them sometimes you, sometimes you try to choose to interact like more diplomatically uh other times you can just waste your time and twitter beef with somebody you know back and forth for six hours and waste an entire day and have like a a high heart rate all day like forget that you know yeah like i i could never get back to that level of of engagement with the fandom but it's it these is. it's these kind of bad faith arguments that they that they throw out there because they want to their only purpose is to rile you up in the same way that they're riled up right they want you to they they are so angry that they have become the bad guy in the stories they watched as kids that they want to, and they can see it now and that they want you to feel the same way. I call those people. I mean, uh, they're, they're contrarians, but I call those people a Brett growing up. We had a friend named Brett. We all live in the new England area. So we're like, you know, uh, Red Sox fans. He was a huge Yankees fan. Yeah. We're Celtics fans. He's a Lakers fan. What ties him to those teams pretty much nothing outside the fact that it's not what the you know common pick was amongst his hometown he just did this stuff to be different and mm -hmm. you know those are just two examples from like a sports team perspective he very much has that outlook and any kind of aspect in his life he's always the person to be like well what do you mean why and it's not i'm not saying it's a bad thing to ask why or anything like that but when you're specifically asking why just to ask or, or like just to kind of kick back a little bit it's that sort of mentality I feel that a lot of these people have and just kind of something within them like makes them want to fight with people about stupid stuff on the internet and it makes it way less enjoyable for the rest of us. Yeah. I I'm going to I'm going to bring up a, a story uh so Star Trek is currently going through uh a lot of this right now. At the time of this recording last week was the finale of Star Trek Discovery. Um and I don't know if you're watching any Star Trek. Not a Star Trek kid, but I can totally follow what we're talking about. Uh, so the um, the woman who is running for the governor of Georgia, Stacey Abrams, yep, showed up in the in the finale as the president of United Earth. Oh my God! How pissed off were the white people? So pissed off. Yeah, that's so funny. Good for Stacey Abrams, dude. She like saved that election, but whatever. We won't get into it right now. She loves Star Trek. She's a huge Star Trek fan, and oftentimes, what Star Trek will do, going back to all the way to the original series, like when, whenever a Star Trek fan, whenever a famous Star Trek fan loves Star Trek, so the writers of Star Trek will try to write her, write them in in some way, shape, or form. There was a prince in like Voyager, I believe. I don't remember the guy's name, cool. but I don't remember exactly. And like sometimes they're big roles, sometimes they're small roles. In this this case, it was a very small cameo, but she did have some dialogue. Anyway, so Ted Cruz got involved. Ah, oh, Jesus, Ted, just shut up, man. Shave your beard. Right. So that's the thing. That's the thing. The thing I want to bring it up, bring this up, is because 
these people that we're talking about, these kind of angry fans, these these I call them true fans, like quote unquote true fans, <laughs> because my whole my whole brand is I'm a fake nerd, so they're a true fan. I like um, it. So they um, so they get riled up because these conservative uh, people, Ben Shapiro, Ted Cruz, Breitbart, whatever, they get into these fandom spaces to say you should be upset about this because they're taking this away from you, but. I don't believe for a second Ben Shapiro or Ted Cruz give two shits about these things. There's no way because they they are so against the things that they're watching. Why would you want to spend so much time being miserable? The only reason is because you're trying to make you're trying to rally the people against the thing. Yeah, it's easier to raise support when you've got a grievance to go to the people with. Uh, yeah. I, I think Ben Shapiro is kind of an undercover nerd like. I know he's, you know, conservative, uh, smart guy, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was like a black woman and Star Trek. No, there was no previous history of this at all. Going back to the 1960s. Well, but he's wrong. He, he recently had ideology down my throat. The reason why I bring him up, because he, he had a thing where he's like, I went to see the Batman and it was terrible. And I was like, you're wrong. Um, but like he has this he he is he's trying to be in these. He's like the 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 nerd talking point. He's like the. The Grace Randolph, yeah, right. He is um, a friggin' nerd. So he he's definitely a nerd, and he and he, but he he is only in nerd spaces to rile people up. Is my theory. I I maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but like that's what that's no, what I, I mean. I speaking to the debate bro culture that I said before. A guy yeah. like Shapiro is a wonderful example of somebody who will take nerd topics and kind of you know put his own little agenda or not even his agenda. Like, and if he didn't do it, somebody else would do it. I'm sure. Yes. But the fact that he takes time to address uh, pieces uh, or or the time, excuse me, the time that he takes to address nerd stuff in his content, it allows for those angry nerds within our fandom to go get some like talking points and some ammunition to then go, you know, regurgitate on Twitter and try to pass off as their own. Uh, Full disclosure, I also wasn't the biggest fan of the batman but i enjoyed definitely uh, aspects of it look as long as you're not as long as you're not one of those people who's like i hate the batman because catwoman was black i don't care oh she's one of my favorite parts of the movie her she's so jim, good her and jim gordon man they were so good uh i it was actually paul dano for me i i could not get down really? with this version of the riddler i couldn't I, yeah i couldn't do it i i know he was meant to be like menacing to the point of like making you scared but i'd see him or hear him and i'd i'd laugh like i can't oh. how am i gonna take this guy seriously <laughs> it was interesting i love i love uh I'm a spoiler alert for a podcast episode that probably came out months ago by the time this was released <laughs> um i gave it a 10 out of 10 i love the movie cool man i my only i mean i think it's one of the better batman movies don't get me wrong yeah but i think my aversion to it was everyone coming out of the because i had to wait almost a full week to be able to go see it with some friends sure uh, i i think my aversion to it was everyone's like it's better than the dark knight and i'm like what are you sure that's some high praise man the dark knight is an amazing film i think it's better than the dark knight oh uh, what are you sure man the dark knight yeah. is an amazing film <laughs> i like the dark knight a lot i like batman begins more to be fair okay um, I was always I'm always a bigger Batman Begins stand than I am a, uh, a Dark Knight fan. Word. But um, the Batman, I think, is better than both of them. Not by much. I do think that they're trying to accomplish different things. Um, but I, I do. You know what? I won't even say better. I just like it more. I'll say that. I like it more. There you go. I think that's the better way to end all of these types of debates. You can be like, you know what? My personal preference is. Yeah. 
I'm not trying to state it as a fact and say that you're wrong for having a different opinion than me. That's that's a great example of something that we're talking about. I'm so glad I made that stupid slip. But like the idea of like you these these kind of bad faith arguments are bringing their opinions as objective fact. Yeah, 100%. right. You know, you go to what I just said, which is I think that Batman is better than The Dark Knight. That's not an objective opinion. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said I think. You know, I, I think I like it more. I like yeah. it more because that's a subjective opinion. All of this art is subjective. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of the time people who adopt those stances where it's like, well, you're wrong if you like this thing or if you yeah. don't like this thing. It's like, dude, shut up. Who cares? Why do you care what I like? Get out of my yes. face. A big to kind of bring it back to Dragon Ball a little bit. I have caught flack in the past over the, uh, you know, the course of making my podcast for being too negative about Dragon Ball. Mm -hmm. Shut up. Just enjoy it. What are you bitching about? Stuff like that. And it kind of makes me mad because I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I do enjoy Dragon Ball more than I don't. There is some the stuff in there that's frustrating and kind of makes me angry. There were some arcs of Super that weren't very good. Like, you know. Yeah. Or like they started really well and then they end very, very poorly. So like when we get to those stretches of time, we're going through one in the manga right now where the last three months, I feel as if Toyotaro and Tori Toriyama have taken the months off in terms of writing a story. And they're like, hey, here's three action-packed chapters that are kind of mid in terms of action, but you know, we need to take some time off. This month rolls around and we get this super crazy breakneck pace chapter with a ton of new information in the story. And it's like, where has this been? So the last three months I've been like yelling about how poorly Dragon Ball has been written. And I'm like, this is not enjoyable to me. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. I, I comes from a place of like wanting it to be better. But when somebody comes to me and they're like, oh man, I loved it. I'm like, I'm glad you liked it, man, because this is not for me. Like, that's kind of like the way I, you know what I mean? I, yeah. It's not worth fighting with people because you have a difference of opinion on the quality of something. Like, we all enjoy it for different reasons. Sometimes I think people's reasons for enjoying Dragon Ball, I'm like, ooh, we enjoy the same thing, huh? What's wrong with me? <laughs> well, yeah, I I've, I found the same thing where, where the Stacey, going back to the Stacey Abrams thing, um where someone was like ah oh, this isn't star trek and i was just like how did we watch the same show yeah. and get the different and get a just a different perspective of life i don't get this no 100 percent. i call them kentucky dragon ball fans those are yeah, my versions kentucky of Kentucky dragon ball fans yeah kentucky dragon ball fans you're not in kentucky are you no <laughs> i'm in california good liberal ass california no wonder we're agreeing on so much we're the I know. postal elites brother <laughs> but no i i, I had nothing uh, against the state of kentucky but like a lot of the people i have bumped into who are super big broly stands who are like broly strong big muscle he smashed like those level of fans that i've known to be in existence since i was in elementary school living up here in the north like obviously kids from kentucky weren't living up here in massachusetts rhode island with me <laughs> but like generally those people are from the south at least the ones that i've fought with on twitter over the mm -hmm. last uh or during that stretch of time i try not to anymore i blocked the people i needed to haven't gotten a good hurt i only got like two or three harassment uh tweets regarding my interview with monica not too bad that's not bad yeah i expected a lot more i was so happy that i only got the three and i'm actually like 90 percent sure it was just one dude three times uh, three different twitter accounts <laughs> maybe you never know kentucky dragon ball fans stand up
Yeah, I think that the I think what you said about like, you know, going back to what we're talking about, like fandom is for building community. Uh, I think it's very I think it's very important. I talked about this last season a lot of, of finding not like an echo chamber as it sounds, but like blocking the right people, muting the right words, finding a place where it can be a positive experience for you again. And then that way it, is, it becomes an echo chamber. Yeah, I'm not very, I mean, you know, those harassing profiles from a few years aside, I don't typically mute or block very many people. I'm very much like, I take it in, I see a lot of it, but it's just choosing not to interact or respond to it. You've yeah. been, I've, I've definitely been guilty more than a few times of like seeing something and I start writing a reply and I get halfway through my reply and I'm like trying to think of how to word something and I'm like, what am I doing? Wasted my time. I really want to fight this kid about how he feels about the fight between Goku and gas this month. Like, no, I got other stuff to do. This kid's probably a dummy anyway. Who cares? And I just keep on scrolling. Yeah, it's not worth it. No, it's not worth my time. It's not worth my aggravation. I'm very strapped on time. I mean, getting to make super dope and finding an audience probably definitely before I was ready to find an audience and getting like people commenting on my crappy audio every single week for like, you know, six months, I uh, got better at making podcasts. And uh, now I help manage upwards of like almost a dozen podcasts these days for various companies and individuals and things like that. So um, I'm very thankful for what uh, super dope has given me in that respect, but uh, more than just my podcasting business and skills, also the power to be like, you know what? Don't engage, not worth it, not worth your aggravation. Like, I, I'm not a Zen person, but that's about as close to Zen as I can get probably while scrolling a social media feed. You know what? I think on that note, it's probably a good place to end it. I think we got some really good stuff there. Hell yeah, man. Well, this has been a really good conversation. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on to chat. Um, great show you've got here. I think it's a pretty cool concept of you. talking with other podcasters. So, uh well i didn't realize coming into the show that you were such a big dragon ball fan so we'll have to get you on an episode of super dope in the future i'm currently going through all the movies i've never watched the back half of the dragon ball z movies so i'm watching them for the first time oh bro you're gonna get to watch wrath of the dragon for the first time yeah oh man i wish i had that experience again that'd be cool (laughs) as hell yeah i can't wait we started to do the movies. We started with uh, the OG Dragon Ball movies. We did those three movies. We're, there's a fourth movie, technically, that was made as a 20th anniversary celebration. We yeah. covered it in the past, but uh, did the first three Dragon Ball Z movies. I think the next one I have to do is Lord Slug, but we haven't done one in, I don't know, five months, probably. So I'm really glad I'm done with Lord Slug and Tree of Might and... Ben's I actually own. I actually kind of have a fondness for some of those earlier movies because I didn't watch them ad nauseum when I was a kid. Like as a kid, I had access to uh, an uncle who had uh, he, he spent most of the year in New York City. Mm-hmm. So when he'd come home to visit me and my dad, he would bring home bootleg VHS tapes of Dragon Ball movies or like chunks oh. of the television show subtitled and stuff uh so i had like wrath of the dragon i had frieza excuse me not frieza i had the cooler movies i had all these random ones but i didn't have those early ones i used to catch Mm -hmm. them on tv like dubs on the sci-fi channel so i didn't get to watch them as frequently covering them for a podcast was very fun 
but I also felt like it was actually some some work too. Mm -hmm. Like I'm gonna do research and write down lyrics for stupid ass Gohan songs and stuff. I uh I was really so Dragon Ball Z for me is an early fandom. It's probably the one of the earliest fandoms I ever had. My mother used to work with someone who worked at Funimation. And so this will date me a lot because I'm about to say I used to get every VHS tape of Dragon Ball Z, um, which had only three episodes each. Bro, I used to get those things when there was like, uh, remember when they started putting four on them? I remember that. Yeah. I used to buy them at uh, Record Town. <laughs> I did Suncoast, which is a, a movie store. Also Suncoast. Yes. Yeah. I loved Suncoast. Uh, I think about Suncoast a lot. It Me Look, too, guys. Dude. Look, if you're watching this and you don't know Suncoast, look it up. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful time to be a movie fan. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in the anime aisle at Suncoast at the Totten Galleria. Yeah. Wow. Um. So 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 for me, like Dragon Ball Z was such a special like thing. Where, like my mother would have like the newest the newest uh, VHS tape, and then I watch the three episodes and wait like a month for the next one. And then they all the, remember they all had the like the the design on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The picture you spelled out. Yeah. yeah um man the first i remember the first tape i bought was the first appearance of future trunks when he comes back and slices frieza and king cole down the middle i think that was like the first vhs tape i bought and i did not miss any of them i don't think for like a long time (laughs) yeah and now i have now i own the whole series on dvd yes much uh, yeah i don't know i'm not as big into physical media these days as i should be although dragon ball is one thing i'll make an exception for i've got two volumes of the dragon box yeah uh, the yellow ones uh no cost uh they cost a bit dude <laughs> I, I i really just we should probably end the show now but like i really want them to make they're not they're never going to because they 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 almost did but like they really need to go back to, to those original four by three prints and make a remake a proper remaster yeah the crop job that they do and i don't understand like what the holdup is from getting those original things from japan like i don't know if it's a case of them not existing anymore or if it's they don't want to do copies of copies or i don't know but i wish they would undo the crop crap crop job that they did to those funny depths uh but yeah you're right let's wrap this thing up if you like dragon ball go listen to my podcast it's called yeah. dragon ball super dope uh new episodes usually every thursday and uh brandon i appreciate you having me on man do you have any other shows you want to plug before we get out of here yeah not really i mean we do we, we were doing super dope plus ultra for all those my hero academia fans out there the season five coverage is out there if you want to look up super dope plus ultra season five was first half was not so good to me the second half was really good to me uh we also did season four on the dragon ball super dope feed a couple of years back um no nah, the only one i've really got running full-time is dragon ball because okay. uh i i manage so many other shows for like cpas and accountants and things like that so right uh less time to make my own stuff these days but dragon ball is very much my my playground and where i test and uh, learn new stuff so i'll keep it going for as long as i can very cool and you do you want to plug your socials oh yeah follow me on instagram at db super dope and twitter at db super dope one the number one and super dope podcasts on facebook because we used to have a dragon ball super dope facebook page and then the online harassment started <laughs> a few years ago and it got zucked weirdly so uh yeah super dope podcasts on facebook very cool all right thanks again for being on here i really appreciate it i love this discussion i think we got some good stuff here cool man i'll talk with you soon thank you i'll let my 
future self, take us out. Thank you, past me. Once again, that was Kyle Andre from the Dragon Ball Super Dope podcast. You can find him and his podcast at DB Super Dope on Instagram, DB Super Dope One on Twitter, and Super Dope Podcasts on Facebook, all of which are linked below. Once again, thank you, Kyle, for being on the show, and I'm really sorry it took so long to get this out. Please check him out on his shows and social media. Right, now it's my turn. Conversation is part of the Fake Nerd Podcast family of podcasts, which consists of multiple shows, including Fake Nerd Podcast, a general pop culture show. You can join us live every Sunday for the show or listen and watch it after this coming week. So by the time you're listening to this, it's probably tomorrow or yesterday. Um, We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and upcoming. uh, We're not sure, but it's probably going to be the indiana jones sequels uh last crusade and kingdom of the crystal skull so stay tuned for that some of the other shows you can find are fake nerds watch which i also mentioned up top uh that is a tv discussion show and we just wrapped up our discussions on the mandalorian and star trek picard season three uh, and are taking a bit of a break until the next big show which i believe is secret invasion there is basement arcade a video game let's play show and basement arcade pause menu a video game discussion show Uh, And Animation Station, which just released a new episode where myself and co-hosts Ryan and Sparks talk about the first volume of Star Wars Visions. We released that for May the 4th, and I was very excited to get to talk about it because I really like that season. I'm excited for season two, or volume two, I guess. Uh, So stay tuned for that discussion upcoming. Finally, check out our newest show, The Real Score. The Real Score brings Jeremy Vellucci, the man who composed all of our themes, especially the ones you heard here, you heard here on this podcast, to the forefront to discuss film music with myself and Sparks, one of my co-hosts on the Fickner podcast, who I recently mentioned at Animation Station. Our first episode discussing the Batman score, so Michael Giacchino's The Batman, uh, that is up now. Um, and the Mask of Zorro score, which is James Horner, uh, will be coming up soon. Should be around this time. Um, give that show some love. It's brand new. We're really happy with it. Can't wait for more. Links to all these shows can be found on our social media, as well as on our website, fakenerdpodcast.com. We also have a Patreon and a Public store if anyone is interested in financially supporting us. Lastly, please give this show, Conversation, some love on social media at Conver underscore station. That's linked below. I really love putting the show together, and I'm grateful so many people have reached out to me already about season two. The first episode was really well received. I'm so happy about that. I'm so glad people keep telling me they like it. Uh, you know, I love validation. Who doesn't? But please leave a five star review on your podcatcher of choice if you could. Also, if you'd like to be on the show or send me questions or letters or things, that is at conversationpod at gmail.com. Linked below. All right, that's enough from me. Thank you for the support as always. I'm excited to be back and I have some excellent guests lined up this season that I can't wait for you all to hear. In about two weeks time, uh, you can listen to episode three of this season, which will feature Star Trek personality, Sean Farrick from Trek Culture and the Clone Star podcast. I was very lucky to get him to do the show. Um, I'm very grateful that he did the show. Uh, He's way, way out of my league as far as like podcasters go but um had a great chat with him i'm gonna play you a little bit a little preview from that episode now one of the things that recently i i 
I, I do enjoy my little soapbox moments on, on Twitter. I, I won't lie. Every now and again, you will see like, oh, Sean's having a rant again. <laughs> I'll get the pot for it. Um, but there was one. I, 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 I actually, it fails me now what the what this one was about, but it was to do with basically, don't be a dick. You know, it's like, you know, kind of enjoy what you enjoy. Oh, let everything else go. Real quickly, that's our slogan on our podcast. Oh, I love that. Don't be a dick, yeah. Oh, I love that. It's, 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 it's like, Religions have been formed about less, you know, profound statements than that. Just don't be a dick, you know. Yeah. Like, um, and someone responded to that with, "New Trek isn't real Trek," and I'm just like, "What? What's the point?" I mean, like, you're very silly. First of all, if indeed you're real, because I have it's a minefield on Twitter because you don't know what's a bot and what's real, mm-hmm. um, which can that can be disheartening because then you can see people can be flooded with negative comments, negative statements. You don't know they're actually coming from real people or not. Not that I guess that. Not that I guess it's better if real people are making bad comments. But you know yourself. If you look at something long enough, and you, you're being told something long enough, it does affect you. I was debating whether or not to use the radio tuning sound effects, but I think it works better this way. All right, guys. Until next time, stay true to the fan in you.